Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to Your Intention Matters, the podcast. Thanks very much for checking in, checking back in with us. Today, I have Barrett Coates. He has Senior Account Executive at Gartner coming to us from the PEG. Barrett, where's the PEG for those that don't know? The PEG is in the middle of the continent. Uh, about oh, 25, true, minutes, 25 minutes from my house is a little sign that says right in the middle of North America. Um, but we're in the beautiful oasis of Winnipeg, Manitoba, one hour north of the Minnesota and North Dakota border. I love it. Well, listen, Barrett, I appreciate you being here, man. I'm looking forward to getting into this. Uh, do me a favor. Say hi to everybody. Provide a quick intro. And then uh, we're going to dive into it. Yeah. So hi, everyone. Uh, yeah. So Paul did a great job introducing me, Barrett Coates. Uh, like I said, like he said, we're from Winnipeg, Manitoba. Um Paul and I, I'm sure we'll touch on this, but we go way back, uh, quite a few years. Uh, been in the sales game for probably going on 16 years now. Uh, we got a great family at home. My wife and I have been married together. It should be easy to remember because we got married in 2010. So it's just 10, 10 year intervals. So I think we'll be at uh, 12 years this year and got two little guys at home. So Awesome. Well, I appreciate you being here and I'm looking forward to getting into it because uh, a recent change. And so... Uh, let's jump into it. So, Barry, you know the title of the podcast is Your Intention Matters. From my perspective, it's all about mindset and intention, and it's rolling over achievement because nothing is really given to us. And most of us in the world of sales never thought we'd even get into it. And yet here we are 15, 20 years into it and all trying to figure it out. And so with that said, let's jump into it. You ready to go? Let's do it. All right, here we go. So let's go back in time. We'd like to do that on this podcast. Let's go back. Red River. College uh, Polytechnic, bachelor's degree in creative communications. Now you touched on it in your intro. You and I know each other from Xerox and we had to get creative with our communications back in the day. I know that, but I don't see selling copiers in there at all. So tell me when you were you know, going through your schooling and getting ready to kind of plant your flag, did you have sales on your brain? Where, what were you thinking? Did you have any vision or were you just, okay, now I'll figure it out? Yeah, no. So I'm going to, I'm going to jump in the time machine even further back from, from Red River College, because it'll give you some, some insights. So I grew up in a, in a creative family. So my dad uh, was always in advertising in some way, marketing, advertising. He'd worked at uh, printing companies, graphic design firms. He'd done freelance work on the side, uh, logo design, he used to have a big engineer, a drafting table in our basement right beside my bedroom. And he'd be down there late at night doing freelance work. Um, so I was always into art and writing. Um, even in kindergarten, had some little books published that I'm not necessarily proud of now, but they're funny to look back on. So I was sure. always doing something like that. Both of my brothers were artistically inclined as well. So one today is a... Um, and he's a senior lighting artist, actually just moved out to Vancouver to work for the same company that did the Lego movie and a few others. And then I have another brother who's uh, in, uh, does graphic design as well. And he does outdoor advertising displays. Um, I wasn't as visually uh, skilled as them. Uh, I was more into writing. And so I ended up going into communications at University of Winnipeg and uh, creative communications, majoring in advertising at uh, River uh -huh. College. And so I finished that um, 
the one thing I have to say, Paul, though, is I was, I was a member of the Advertising Association of Winnipeg um, and wrote some articles in the newsletter and attended some luncheons. And I was a little disillusioned because the topic was always, how do we reignite the advertising industry in Winnipeg? Which as ah. a fresh, fresh graduate, that wasn't the most thrilling topic to hear about. Um, and so I was working in hospitality in the evenings and weekends, working at the keg and different restaurants throughout the city. And uh, yeah, no, I never had uh, selling copiers on my mind. So were you a server at the keg? Were you behind the in the kitchen working on the grill? What were you doing? Yeah, yeah, Paul, I did all of the above. I was uh, I started off dishwashing. Um, I was bussing tables. I was serving at lunches in the summer times and, and in the evenings and bartending every once in a while. I, 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 did, I could tell you I did it all. My first job was tossing pizzas, pizza tosser. That's a, that's a little hidden skill I have. So, yeah. no, so, th- so this is what circa what mid 2000s, right? Yeah, this is about, I think I finished it over there at Red River and was still working in the hospitality industry 2006. I was going to say, because you and I met, I mean, I was in the training gig at Xerox from six, seven, and eight. And so we would have met probably what in 07. When did you join Xerox? Yeah, I think it was 07. So the the way that that came about was, um, yeah, so I'd been working in the hospitality industry, but I got sick and tired of working evenings and weekends. Mm. Saw an ad for um, a business development sales or Xerox sales agent role. And went to interview um, for the Xerox sales agency in Winnipeg. And yeah, I had no idea going into it. Learned about the job while I was there. And uh, I remember it like it was yesterday. I remember where I was sitting uh, in the office. And um, one of the, the story that we'll all, I'll never forget is uh, at one point I had written an article for the Ad- Advertising, of Association, Advertising Association of Winnipeg newsletter. And it was based on the awards they have every year. And it was the same two agencies that won all the awards that season for two very specific campaigns. Yeah. And uh, I called the owner of one of the advertising agencies and I was asking about the awards because I noticed, hey, you know, it was for a big shopping mall in Winnipeg. They won a big campaign for it. a lot of awards. And I said, hey, how did they measure, the, you know, the fact that you guys won all these awards? Like, did you drive more traffic to the mall? Was the average revenue per store? Did it go up? Um, like, is the, is, the, is the mall, is the property more profitable today than it was years before? Like, talk to me about how successful the campaign was. And I remember him yeah. telling me, Barrett, Barrett, you know, man, they don't, they didn't take that into consideration at all. Like we have no idea. We use these awards just as a promotional item for ourselves. Uh, We throw it up on our website. We talk about, we won all these awards and the client loves it too, because they can brag about working with this award winning. And so I remember telling that story in my interview to be a sales agent. So, so I loved the, I loved, and I wanted to see um, how measurable success could be. And the reason I would like to advertising is I wanted to see the impact I could have on whoever the client was. And I wanted to know that, you know, we did this, you know, whatever the campaign was, we did this initiative and ended up having this measurable impact on the organization. So uh, the gentleman that I interviewed with made the correlation for me uh, to a sales role and uh, I ended up taking a stab at it. So it was a 100% commission with a bit of a draw. And I was doing two jobs at once, evenings and weekends, plus a sales agent during the day. And uh, <laughs> ended up, um, you instilled some good res- good skills in me, and I uh, left this the uh, hospitality job a few months later. 
That's amazing. You know, when I joined Xerox and anybody who maybe might be a regular listener to this podcast has heard me say this before that I joined Xerox in a similar capacity as you an agency, hundred percent commission. Uh, I had zero sales experience going into it. I really had zero interest in being a salesperson, quite frankly. Uh, I was out of work, needed a job. A buddy of mine called me up and said, hey, I know somebody who's has a sales, he's a sales manager somewhere at Xerox. They're looking for salespeople. I'm like, salespeople? I don't, I'm, I've been, I'm a numbers guy. Like, I don't, I didn't right. compute, but I needed a job. And that first year for me um, was really hard. Like it was really, really hard. Uh, you know, I didn't quite get it. I was working hard. I was in early. You know what the world was like. It was feet on the street, a lot of emphasis on walking on doors, pounding pavement. And I felt like I was putting the effort in and doing the work. I was out late. And, but man, 100% commission, like I was making nothing. And I just, I don't know how I got through the first year. And so, other than the two greatest weeks of your life that you spent with me and Markham, in that, in that first year, um, how did you take to it? Did you, did you gravitate to it? Was it successful pretty early or was it tough? You know what? I, um, it was tough. I don't think I got many deals in my first couple months. Um, in fact, I remember coming back to the office a few times after, you know, 50, 60 cold calls a day and, you know, pounding the pavement thinking like, how does this work? I was trying to wrap my mind around. So true. Do, do I just, <laughs> Make a bunch of calls. Like, is this just an, a pure numbers game? And I just go right. knocking on doors and wait for someone to say, yes, I'm interested. Um, and I remember having conversations with the person I was reporting to at the time and, and, have, and having that discussion with my colleagues at the time. Like, what is this? How does this actually work? And it took me a while to wrap my mind around it. Um, so, no, I, I was, to be honest, I was not successful in my first month, two months. Um, my boss at the time says it was because I shaved my beard. He said he almost fired me the day I showed up because I looked like a child. Um, oh, but, I see. Uh, but, um, uh, but no, he, it took me a while to really wrap my mind around it and how to create opportunities and really not be, um, be more active in driving business rather than being reactive. Mm. And as soon as I understood the business a bit more, could have better conversations and, and, uh, really understand how it worked, um, you know, things started to take off. So Barrett, how, how many years were you at Comtech and, and under the, you know, agent umbrella? Yeah, I was there from early 2007 um, through to December, the end of the year in 2009, I believe. So two, two, and, a half, two and a half, three years. Gotcha. Okay. And so did you leave the biz or did you stay in the industry? What'd you do? Yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed working. Uh, I enjoyed working in sales. I enjoyed working for Xerox as, as a company. I, I just felt like my time at the agency level was coming to, to the end. ceiling. Yeah, yeah, and so there was more of a sales leader role at, at the firm at the agency, but that was already taken by someone who uh, wasn't planning on leaving. Uh, and the only other option was uh, the agency owner owning the agency, which wasn't on the table either. So. Um, so I had some conversations with the corporate side of Xerox uh, and the agency owner, and you know we kind of aligned and things worked out. And I just went over to the uh, direct corporate side of the business. Um, oh, you did? Did you carry a bag in the corporate level as well? Then, yeah, I started off in um, what they termed graphic communications at the time, so specializing in an industry in the print for pay marketing industry. And so I did that at first uh, when I first started. So um, owned that space for for Manitoba. 
And um, yeah, I did that for for a short period of time, and then you know went on to a variety of other roles after that. Yeah. You know, when I made the move, so I, our paths at Xerox are very similar, with one exception, and that was I took a training gig. I became the national sales instructor in between, but I went from agency to uh, the the training center in, in Toronto. Then I moved out to Calgary and I got on the direct side there as a production specialist. And when I remember when I made the move from the from the training division over back into direct sales, I don't know where this came from, but it was it was kind of ingrained in my head that when I was at the agency in Toronto, it was like the minor leagues that the 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 direct level was that's where the A players are, and it's a totally different game. And like this is just minor league ball down here, and you're gonna have to graduate to get to that. So I went in there all freaked out, and then I realized very early on, with all no disrespect to anybody that I ever worked with, was but that we got some great fundamentals at the agency level. Like I went in feeling like I got this. There was no. There was, it took me about maybe three seconds to realize, no, I belong here. I, I would 100% agree with that. I, I even think even now, looking back, you know, here we are 15 years later. Um, you know, I've worked for a, a few different companies now, seen, um, you know, very, very senior, very, very successful people in, in sales, business development type roles. Um, but it's amazing. Thinking back to the quality of learning and development and, and the intentional focus that the company has on personal development, skill development. Um, It it made a huge difference. And and I I think, I think people at the industry overall recognizes that company for, for the quality of learning and development programs that they have, but it really goes a long way, not just to be successful in that role, but the transferable skills that, that come out of it to other companies or even to other roles within, within the company. So yeah, huge, huge um, value that I think for for my career, and it, and it sounds like for you too. You know, Barrett, I want to ask you something. You know, I, I worked at Xerox Agency Direct for a combination of about almost ten years, give or take. And when I decided to leave, it was a really hard decision for me. Like even me, it's been twelve years or so since I worked for the company, and and yet when I talk about Xerox, I have so much pride. I get kind of goosebumps still because. I have so many great memories there. There's not a chance in hell I would be doing what I'm doing today had I not worked there, established the fundamentals and the relationships that I have now today. And so so I'm so grateful for working there. But I left because I had a passion for training and and, coaching and kind of doing my own thing. So I didn't leave to go to Canon or HP or, or anybody else. I left to do my own thing. And so for as many years as you were under the Xerox umbrella, what was behind the decision to move on? And like, like me, was it a hard one for you or did it come a little bit easier for you? No, it was a, it was a really tough one. I, I think, like, I think when I look at sales overall, at least my experience when I was there, the thing that made it the hardest to leave was the family dynamic that gets created. Like just, I, I noticed that just like a family has ups and downs and challenges, you have this idea that you're going through things together constantly and trying to support each other. And so when I look back, especially maybe it's a be, being from Manitoba as well, and we're kind of sometimes known as a flyover province. So we kind of band <laughs> together internally and kind of fight against the man, so to speak. But um, we, we're always trying to fight. We're always trying to fight for um, recognition. Yeah. And we're always trying to show that we deserve more attention 
than maybe we're given sometimes. And so the core group of folks that I had worked with had been there for years along with myself. Um, and obviously people are going to come and go throughout, but the hardest part about it was the, that community of people that, that you'd grown kind of that family relationship with. You know, you've had got great wins together. You've suffered through losses and learning experiences yeah. together, you know, and then in my last role, you know, just the community that we had for Western Canada leadership. And, um, you know, it was a great group of people that I'll look fondly on, but you know what, it, what, I can't say it was, you know, the product offering or it was, you know, the tools that the company used. It, it was really the culture that we had created and the personal relationships you had with your colleagues, uh, which I don't think is um, unusual, but, but it was really a great um, kind of family dynamic that I'd look back on. And, you know, when I left, just that family dynamic started to shift a lot of folks started to leave, mm. um, you know, there was changes in, in leadership that really, uh, you know, so I took a combination of those things. And plus, you know, my wife and I were expecting a kid on the way too. And, you know, I'd kind of peaked um, in terms of the, the career progression I was going to have at Xerox, you know, if I was going to stay in Winnipeg. And so I, um, you know, I, I didn't look aggressively, but, uh, you know, an opportunity uh, arose and I thought it was the right time to make a move. So I did it with uh, my wife, do, you know, I think I, I started the new job three weeks after my first son was born. So Ah, okay, then uh, that's interesting timing. And so was there ever any consideration or dialogue internally about you moving to, let's say, Toronto, take a head office job? And was that just not really of interest? You know, throughout my tenure there, you know, the odd um opportunity came up you know i think at one point paul there was an opportunity for a learning and development type role mm. or a, a field agency uh training role um there was a uh, you know production specialist in a different city role like there's a handful of things that came up over the years but um yeah for whatever reason it, you know at the same time um a different opportunity also just right. came up where i was based out of and so it wasn't, uh, I wasn't in a situation where it was either move or nothing. It was always move or, you know, have an equivalent oh, uh, sure. shift and, and not move. So, and so where'd you say, go when I left Xerox? Yeah. Where'd you go? Yeah. I, I moved over to what's now Canada life. I, I guess at the time it was great West life. So I moved okay. over to uh, a corporate head office role um, in a big insurance company. Was the grass greener? The grass was different. Different. Um, so I, I that's so I left being in a sales role. I was not in a sales role when I when I moved. Um, it was how was uh, that? Was a, yeah, like how was that for you? You know, I thought it. So it was a bit of a journey. Um, I had thought after ten years in a sales role. Um, you know, having the ups and downs, the pressure, leadership changes, the company going through a, lo a lot of changes. I thought, you know what, I just need, maybe I just need a break here. And it was probably had to do with my personal life situation at the time. I think we were moving. My wife was due with her first child and <laughs> was submitting for sales forecasts. And I was up at three in the morning doing PowerPoint presentations. I think my wife just said, Barry, you got to make a change here. And I so Quarter end. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I thought, you know what, maybe I'll take a shift and see what this is like. So I know uh, I, I, I moved into the corporate technology space at, at Great West Life. Um, 
And the role I took on was creating, helping to create a uh, department that they would refer to as business relationship management. So it was an internal role leading um, how their corporate shared services, essentially shared enterprise services, uh, corporate IT space worked with the different lines of business. So my clients, in essence, were the senior VPs of technology for their group customer individual, their corporate line of business and investments business. And, um, and then we built a team of, you know, what we refer to as product specialists underneath us and then helped, mm-hmm. um, you know, helped that centralized function in the organization move towards a services model, um, you know, and how they were billing, how they were measuring, uh, how they responded to SLAs. Um, and, and, you know, it was a great, great experience, but it was it was different. So I think your question was, how is it shifting away from sales? Yeah. Uh, the comparison I would give is sales for a while to me was a, I've always loved roller coasters when I was a kid. So sometimes I love the adrenaline. Um, and I think at the time I thought, you know what, maybe it's, it's time to step off the roller coaster for a second here, even though I'm, a, but uh, you know, I felt like it went, I went from a ro- an aggressive roller coaster to a to a Sunday drive going 10 kilometers an hour. <laughs> and so it was a, it was a good change of pace, but then I think that I realized, you know, I, I think I need to, I don't think this is my long-term home. So I, I uh, so I, anyways, 12, 12 to 13 months later, I got approached by another firm and I went back uh, to the other side of the fence. So you didn't go back to Xerox, did you? I didn't go back to Xerox. No. Okay. Where'd you go? So I went to a Winnipeg-based firm called People Corporation. Okay. So it was an aggressively growing firm based out of Winnipeg. Um, they started in the HR space and then had moved into financial services. So, but focused around employee benefits, um, pension consulting for employers, um, and HR services, and you know things like that. And so they were aggressively growing. I think they had gone from around fifty employees in around two thousand seven, two thousand eight. Um, and then when I most, when I got hired there, they were around a thousand employees. And then I think today they're, they've doubled in size since then. So they've gone from about 50 to 2000 employees in about uh, 15 years. And when did you join? When? Yes. When? Yeah. So I joined them in, um, the fall of 2018. Okay. So 2018 and you just recently left, right? I left there about a month ago. Yes. Okay. So, so most of your tenure or maybe half your tenure was during the pandemic. Yeah, that's right. So, so let's talk about that. How did you, I mean, I don't know anything about your company in the sense of how it was set up. Were you guys built for remote? Did you have to go through a furlough and what was revenue good as a result of COVID? Was it like you had to figure this out? Like what, what was the two years like, you know, in your second half of your tenure with People Corp? Yeah, you know, similar to every organization, I think there's a lot of apprehension and uncertainty, you know, in those first few months. I'll never forget, um, you know, that second week of March, you know, in the days leading up to everyone moving remote, you know, doing a survey around the office to see, you know, half my team. So I was leading a business development team, like um, industry-wise, they'd probably be termed as as SDRs. Mm. And so we were scaling up. So I, I joined that company to really mature what they were doing there. So improve processes, put the right technology in place, the right metrics, you know, figure out how do we scale this function to support. They were very acquisitive, um, very focused on acquisitions. So how do we support our partners that we've acquired um, 
in their sales objectives. And so I was building a centralized lead outbound and inbound lead generation function. And so a lot of the guys on the team had desktop computers. And so okay. here I am, here I am going around the office doing survey about like, what do you guys have at home? How are we going to do this? Um, you know, if we said, if you have to work from home on, on Monday, like, you know, IT is overwhelmed, like let's make this thing work. So um, it, it was very turbulent in those first couple of weeks. So we just shifted the focus in a hundred percent being sensitive to the folks on the team um, to learning and development right? It was first learning and development. How do we invest in just taking the pause button and getting better? And then we shifted over to not necessarily measuring on results, but more activities. Mm. Um, and we put a big emphasis on just keeping morale up, you know, touch points with folks, um, you know, trying to be, you know, very sensitive um, to what people were going through, but at the same time, like making sure the culture was there and wrapping some fun around what was a very stressful time. So did Gardner come calling or did you raise your hand? Um, Gardner came calling. So it was a oh. former Xerox colleague of mine um, that reached out uh, in the later half of Q4, I guess the last uh, November, December timeframe and said, Hey, um, you know, how are things going and where you currently are? And would you be open to conversation? And I said, you know, I'm happy where I'm currently. I'm I'll, I'll, uh, I'll have a chat with someone. And All right. uh, yeah, things took off. And so early days, so I imagine you're still drinking from the fire hose a little bit, but uh, so far happy with the move? You know, it, you, you know what it reminds me of, Paul, is we were just talking about the, um, the intentional value that Xerox put early on in professional development, skill development, and the, and the people. That's come through more than anything in the first few weeks. Um, you know, it's, it's funny, the title of your podcast, Your Intention Matters. That's what I've been blown away by in the first few months or first few weeks here is, uh, and this has been my feedback to leadership as well, is the the clear intention they have in developing people and in learning and development and professional development. Um, So a couple of weeks in, that's probably what stood stood out to me the most. Awesome. Well, Barrett, man, listen, congrats on everything to this point, you know, creative communications early on, it's kind of instilled in you. Sounds like it's in your DNA. Your brothers are are in that game and your dad was in that game. And, and then you find Xerox and we're talking CMYK for a decade or so and speeds and feeds and staples and printers and folding mechanisms and so on. You, You make the move from the agency to the direct side because there's a ceiling there. Uh, they keep you, you move on, and then you move over to Great West Life, Canada Life, and it, uh, you, you take a bit of a break because you're prioritizing your family and you want to get off the roller coaster a little bit. You realize, no, I kind of miss the ride a little bit. So let me get back into the game. You find people corporate and they're growing. You navigate through some turbulent waters halfway through your tenure, and you have to figure that out, especially when you're in a leadership role. They're looking to you to give some guidance and some direction. And then because of your reputation and results up until this point, a colleague of yours from Xerox reaches out and says, hey, are you open to a dialogue? And you say, well, I'm happy, but let's talk. And obviously the value prop was compelling enough. And so congrats on everything, man. It's been fun to hear it. Oh, man. Yeah, it's been a blast. It's been a, it's been a roller coaster, and, but uh, I love roller coasters. That's the good news. So. I love it. All right, everybody, let's wrap it up right now. Remember, your intention matters. Why? Because that's the result you'll tend to get. We're out of here. We'll do it again next week. And for Barrett, let's go Leafs.